Hey everybody and welcome to episode 2 of My Sentiments Exactly. My name is Kay and I'm your host. Season 1 is all about recovering from religiosity and I'm excited to have a special guest, Lola Price, with me on the show to join the discussion. Today we're going to be talking about how much church attendance indicates your walk with Christ. MSE Podcast is dedicated to talking about the hard stuff and facilitating the conversations necessary for growth, healing, transformation, and genuine community. Now it's your turn. My hope is that you finish this episode feeling empowered to continue the conversation with those around you. One way you can do that is by purchasing the MSE Podcast Conversation Starters Deck available at bygracenp.com. May these cards inspire you to speak out and be heard, and may you be authentically embraced for the uniqueness of your journey. So, Lola, is it a sin to not attend church every week? Why or why not? Um, No. I wouldn't necessarily say that it's a sin, but there's definitely um, pros and cons to um, both sides of it. Um, the Bible says, I'm going to read from the New International Version. Um, in 1 Corinthians um, 3 and 16, it says, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells within your midst? And saying that, I believe that we're the church, so the church should reside within us. Um, and just in our everyday walk, we may be the only church that some people see. So the way that we carry our lives is important because we should be a testament, being able to just share, like, what the Lord has done for us, because some people may never step foot inside of churches. And I mean, here in, like, North Carolina, in the Bible Belt, you can easily see there are hundreds of churches. There's churches on every corner. And so, like, I won't necessarily say, like, going to church, going to a building is necessarily the answer. It has to be a relationship. Somebody has to be able to share the gospel with you, and then you have to go and try to, I guess, in a sense, build that relationship, build that rapport with God so you know God personally. We have so many people that have been in church their whole lives that they go in every Sunday and then they go home and it's pretty much like checking something off the list. Like, oh, well, I went to church this Sunday. I'm good to go. And they feel like um, just that act alone will be able to get them into heaven when that's not necessarily the case. I mean, we're not supposed to be going to church just to go and sit and warm a pew. We're supposed to go so we can learn, so we can grow, so we can go out and make disciples of others so other people can come in, so they can grow. And um, I guess in the sense of, um, like, the act um, of whether um, going to church will necessarily, like, save you in a sense, Um, I feel like the best example um, that I've heard was in um, Luke 23, um, verse 43, um, when Jesus was on the cross in between the two thieves. And that one thief that was, like, repentive, um, that recognized and believed who God was, um, I feel like that that was a major example when Jesus said to, you, said to him, I assure to you today, you will be with me in paradise. At that moment, when, you're, when those thieves and Jesus were hanging on the cross, there wasn't anything that that thief could do. There was no act. There was no church he could go. There was there was nothing else that he could do possibly at that moment other than just have faith to believe in order to get his salvation. So I feel like the same way should go when we look at going to church. It's our faith and it's our walk that we need to work on to be able to grow as a believer. Yeah, that's so true. I agree. Um That makes me think of um, a quote that I had seen, and it was talking about basically the motivation behind why we go to church or why we don't. And it was stressing the fact that 
when we do go to church, it should be because we want to further our relationship with Christ, because we want to worship him, and because we want to genuinely fellowship with other believers. But if we're going, as you stated, to just check it off the list, (laughs) you know, that's not a good enough reason because then it gets legalistic and um, we start to question our salvation if we just so happen to miss a Sunday. Um, So when it comes to, let's say you've had a long week, you just need to rest. And, you know, some people may want to just take that day out of the week, one week to rest. Is that okay? (laughs) Yeah, I definitely believe that taking moments to rest, to be able to reflect, to be able to um, do other things is important um, simply because um, it's another example of the difference between um, religion and relationship. When we focus on religion, it's like a man sitting in church thinking about going fishing, fishing, but when it comes to a relationship, you can be out fishing thinking about God. That's and so I believe that that's, that's what God would want from us. We can take part in other things um, and enjoy life as God wants us to and still be able to appreciate him and think on him instead of us sitting inside of a building if your heart is not really there. Um, we've been called to do so many different things. We have so many different gifts. And if your gift is to serve an area, you might not necessarily need to be inside of church as there are people that we pass by on a daily basis that need a word, they need encouragement, they need someone to lift them up. And so that's where when he says go out and serve, I think it should be not necessarily within just our four walls of our church. And something else is I feel like we become dependent on, oh, well, if I don't, I have to get to church. Um, I need prayer. I need, or it's awesome. We we definitely should go to church, and we definitely should be able to worship because we're supposed to encourage and lift each other up, but we have to also know how to praise and worship where we are. We also have to know how to seek God for ourselves where we are because there may come a time where we might not be able to make it to that actual building. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we might not be able to get to sun, church on Sunday. Does that mean that God doesn't love us the same? Does that mean that we cannot have those same encounters um, as anybody else would have? I mean, honestly, I believe some of the like major moments in my life where I felt God the most was when I was in some of those stuck places when I wasn't able to actually get to church. God actually was there with me. He never left me. And so that's where I feel like a lot of people, they get so caught up on saying like, oh, well, I didn't go to church and I just feel bad. There's no condemnation in Jesus Jesus Christ. So if you're giving yeah. yourself up for not going to church, it's kind of like um, kind of things where it's, it's a it's the inconsistency there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, I think that um, speaks to us being the church um, yes. and not just limiting it to a building. Yes. And I found that some of the people, most of the people that really need what Christians have to offer aren't even able to make it to church. Like these are the people that are on the side of the road, that are in the grocery store line that can't afford their groceries like yeah. these are these are people that may never be able to step foot in a church um so while it's good to fellowship um with one another we need to make sure that we ourselves are being the church outside of the building um yeah. because if you attend church every sunday but if you see someone in need and you have the ability to help them out but you don't you know i, I just kind of feel like that's <laughs> That's the opposite of what he he desires from us. Yeah. Um, and there's a there's a quote that says, um, "Good works are not tools to earn our salvation; they are our natural response to salvation." Um, and I think that um, it's something that we lose sight of. We kind of reverse it. So we're trying to earn our salvation by going to church every week, um, and the thing about it is, 
we should be going to church because it's our natural response to salvation, not because we're trying to earn it, if that makes sense. Yes. And I guess, like, to, to go with what you're saying, it's kind of like um, going to church, it's, it's like having a cut. If you don't apply that Band-Aid, it does you no good. But you can continue to go to church. You can continue to go to church. But are you applying what you're learning in your daily life? Like you're saying, if you see someone in need, are you applying those principles that we're learning in church? Are you applying them in your walk? It's, it's no good to take in all this information if you're not using it, you know? Yeah, that's so true. Um, in an article that I was reading, it was saying um, that churches should encourage ministry involvement. And I thought that was interesting um, because they were saying that a lot of church members become less frequent um, attendees because they don't have any ministry roles in the church. Um, so they don't feel like they're an integral part of the church. And I think that's important because, a lot of us just go to church, like you said, to just check it off the list. So we don't even really see it as an opportunity for ministry. We just come to just sit in the pew, we're going to listen to the word, and we can go home. You know, right. but I think it's important for us to be active in the church. Do you think that's, that's important as well? If you are attending, you're not just doing it just to do it, but you're actually, you know, advancing the kingdom and inputting things into the ministry. I definitely believe that, I mean, we're called to be a body, and a body each has a role in order for it to function properly. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if we're working to be kingdom-minded, we're supposed to be focusing on advancing the kingdom, and we're called to be the body, we need to work on that now. We have to learn how to work together. We have to learn how to function. And it's not going to just always be the people that are in our group that people form in churches. It's not going to be yeah. our friends. It's not going to, it's going to be people on the outside that you don't know. And if you don't work on those skills, being able to get outside, I mean, how are we going to make it in heaven? You know, if, oh, yeah. if we're not able to go out and, and work amongst others because ministry isn't necessarily going through the, the regular pattern every Sunday with the scripture and the singing of the song mm -hmm. and the prayer. That's not ministry. Ministry is yeah. doing what needs to get done to bring others to Christ. Like you said, whether that is to go out um, bagging groceries or to go to a local event in your community or something like that to just make it be known that, you know what, we're Christians, but we still need to be involved. We, need, we still mm -hmm. need to make a presence. I mean, going to churches put in a little box is like, oh, we should only go on Sunday and Wednesday. We're going to oh, yeah. to um, Bible study and we're going to church <laughs> service. Like, that, that's it. And after that, we just do whatever we, we choose to do throughout the week, and that shouldn't be the case. It shouldn't be the case at all. Yeah, and I think it gets so legalistic because you can go to church every Sunday if you worship on Sundays because then you have those that worship on Saturdays. You know, so you can go every week, but then you have the midweek services. So you might have Bible study, then you might have Sunday school, um, and then you have uh, maybe a revival service or something. And if you go to church every Sunday, but you miss those midweek, your salvation is still under question. <laughs> so then right. it becomes not just limited to Sunday or Saturday services, but the midweek services. So you're a good Christian because you go to church every week. But you're kind of not as good as those that go to the midweek services plus Sunday school plus that you get what I'm saying? Like it, yeah. it, it spreads to just this huge thing of legalism, really. And it, it goes back to religion versus relationship. Yeah. Religion is you're putting all these different rules on, but are you doing what Christ originally asked and commanded us to do? When you're too busy trying to check things off the list and try to say, okay, well, I made this mark and I made this mark, mm -hmm. and in re reality, we, we shouldn't even be trying to take that route as in, oh, well, I went this many times or I didn't go this many exactly. times. I mean, it, exactly. it, it's more of like when, we, when you ask the question, is it a sin? Is it a sin? We mm -hmm. shouldn't look at it as is it Am I going to be punished if I don't go? Exactly. You flip it and actually look at 
the value in going. That's how it should be. Just just like when we were taught about the Ten Commandments as kids, and mm-hmm. they tell us, thou shall not steal. And we're like, well, but what mm-hmm. if, instead of being able to see the value in actually um, treating our neighbors with respect, mm-hmm. not treating someone the way we wouldn't want to be treated, or thou shall not kill. Instead of us saying, well, what if, what what if they did this? or what? If? We should flip it and look at it as, oh, well, I mean, Let's value life. Yeah, Let's not kill someone good. else. And so it's the same way with us trying to decide what we're going to do and what we're not going to do. It shouldn't be okay. Am I going to be punished? It's how would this benefit my walk if I do go? Exactly. And, and going to church, it helps us be able to encourage one another. It helps us to be able to motivate one another, stir up our gifts, um, love on one another. I mean, the, going out every day in the world just in our our regular walk and our journey is going to be hard enough on us so we should be able to use the time that we do have together to be able to help motivate and lift each other up but when we're looking at it as oh well i have to go i have to do this i'll say honestly like as a child growing up i remember like before i was able to learn on my own it was almost like a dread, like, oh, my gosh, I have to get up every Sunday. I have yeah. to put on all these clothes I don't want to wear. They're, they're uncomfortable. They're this, <laughs> they're that. And I was like, you know what? When I get older, I'm not going to be sitting doing none of this. And I'm then sure. when I was able to go to a, a church and be able to see them, I'm like, oh, well, we don't have to necessarily do all of these things. It's not going to be wrong if we cho- choose to wear what we have to go to church. Exactly. I mean, it's nothing wrong with those that choose to do that, but sometimes we can get so caught up on things that aren't necessary that we end up not doing what is necessary. Exactly. And so you have to find a, a middle ground with everything that we do. And exactly. if, it's gonna, if something is going to prevent you from doing the what Jesus first commanded us to do, then you know what? Like I might need to separate myself and not do that, but I still need to do what it is that he's called me to do. So. Yeah, that's so good. And you made a good point about clothing. Cause I think that's a stumbling block for a lot of people too, because they'll feel out of place. If I come in jeans and a t-shirt, everyone's going to turn and look at me because <laughs> everyone else <laughs> has on the, the 10 piece suit and, you know, and it's just, yeah. it, it hinders people from, first of all, feeling welcome, but then the expectations of people are seen as the expectations that God has of us. Yeah. So we kind of infringe, like, our own personal beliefs on other people as what God wants. So God wants you to wear this. God doesn't want you to wear that um, when that's just our, our personal opinion. <laughs> So I think I think that's a good point that you made about um about clothing. That's a huge thing when it comes to people attending church. Um and another thing is there is there are actually churches that monitor um the attendance of each member, which I think is very interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um but they give out awards and things for how often you it's like a perfect attendance. And um I think that's really legalistic, uh, personally. Um, but one thing that one of the articles that I was reading was saying that perhaps churches should incorporate that approach um, in their churches um, because members are less likely to be absent if they know someone misses them. Yes, I can. I would agree in the sense of when you know that somebody may be looking for you or it's it's more feeling welcome, um, yeah. Knowing that your your presence there um, is is I wouldn't say necessarily appreciated, but it's desired. And mm-hmm. I mean, who would attend or go somewhere where they don't feel wanted? You know. Yeah. And even in the sense of where you said somebody is keeping track, my question would be to that church or that uh, ministry or organization. What are your reasonings for keeping track? Is your reasoning mm-hmm. for keeping track is to shake your finger at someone, or are you genuinely concerned about that person? 
Because if I know that a person is going to be shaking their finger at me every time I don't show up, that may not reinforce me at all to show up. It might be the total opposite for some people. And to know that if I am in a crisis or I am going through something or I have something going on, it would make me feel better to know that somebody is going to reach out and want to know what's going on. We may not always understand what everybody has going on in their life, but it's important to take an approach of being understanding. So we're not over Sister so-and-so didn't come to church this Sunday. I mm-hmm. wonder what she got going on. And that, exactly. that opens the door for a whole lot of other stuff, gossiping. and yes. we, we have to be very careful with what our, our motive and our purpose is when we decide to do certain things. Because in all things that we do, we have to do it out of love. And if Most it's not out of love, we have to be careful when we try to, I don't want to say the word police, but, you know, uh-huh. the Bible says when we, when we go to our brother, it's all in the way that we do it. So, I mean, exactly. it could be a good thing to have somebody keep up with the members, and it could be a bad thing. But, I mean, <laughs> I agree. it's more like how, how well the, the pastors and the ministers, like, know their congregation, know their people. And if they know that, okay, if they take a Sunday off or take a couple of Sundays off and they choose not to come, I am comfortable enough with, who they are and, and their walk and what I've instilled and what I'm teaching that they're going to be okay when they're away from me. You know, it's kind of yeah. like with parents, when they raise their child up, it's like, okay, if my child is not in my sight, if they're not around, I'm not going to be constantly worried like, Oh my gosh, what is, what is my child doing? Are they not going to come back? Are they, That's you, good. Just, you just have to kind of know they're all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, and you and have to trust, that what you've instilled in them is going to sustain them. Yes, and, and that's just a part of growth and growing yeah. and allowing, allowing them to grow. Because, yeah. like I said, there's going to be times where you're not going to be able to get to your pastor, but are you still going to exactly. be able to act accordingly? Are you still going to be able to carry yourself the way you're supposed to carry yourself? So, yeah, because at the end of the day, although the pastor is there to help, you know, shepherd you, Jesus is the great shepherd. So Definitely. even when I'm outside of pastor's presence, I'm I'm going to be okay and I can still function and I can still serve him because God is, is, is my shepherd, if that, if that makes sense. Like, yes. you know, but sometimes I feel like churches, they put pastors on such of a pedestal that the very livelihood and spirituality of the members is tied up around the pastor. So now the pastor becomes the sustainer rather than Jesus. I can see that. I can definitely see that. Yeah, like it's, I just it's it's kind of like I when um I I had pastors that would say that almost during like praise and worship where they felt like they had to pull their members. And I understand sometimes we go through things where we're like, um, ooh, I really just don't feel it today, but I know I got to be here. And oh, yeah. you get in the church and you're supposed to come in and you're supposed to worship and, and give God praise. That's, that has to be something within that individual that they're they're wanting to do. Like you, the praise team is awesome, but some sometimes the pastor can do but so much. You know when they say you can take a yeah. horse to the water, but you can't make a drink? Oh, that's yeah. <laughs> what you have to want. For them, for themselves, and it can be tiring on a pastor when a person is not stepping out to do what it is that they need to do. And yeah. I mean, like you said, you can constantly go like, "Pastor, I need a pastor. I need pastor. I need." And it's like, okay, well, when you're not around me, where do you go? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I think I don't know. Like I've I've been just thinking how could that be I don't know like what could be a solution for that as far as people I mean besides telling people I mean why sometimes the pastor is is valued as God do you even think like there's a solution to that or a way to maybe I don't even know like to encourage people to have 
an individual relationship with Christ and and to just see the pastor as, you know, shepherd of the flock and therefore accountability, there to um, to meet whatever spiritual needs they're capable of meeting, but to continue depending on God ultimately. I was told at one point to we should compare our our pastors, our brothers and sisters in Christ, the people that are around us, in a sense as ushers. Mm. They should be ushering us to Jesus. Mm, that's so good. We should just usher them to him. So instead of getting in the way of, I mean, we definitely give honor where honor is due, but we still yeah. have to, once the usher gets you to your seat, it's up to you to take a seat. That's so good. And I so that. It's, I, that, that's the best way that I think I could put it. And so a lot of people, they'll want to just put all the weight on your pastor and expect mm-hmm. them to do. But until you get into one of those predicaments where you're like, you know what, I, I don't have a pastor. I don't have mama here to pray for me. I don't have, mm-hmm. I can't get hold of my friend right now. You have to know how to take that seat and do what you have to sit there until you get what you need. Yeah. And so my mom used to always tell me, like, baby, don't love me so much that the Lord takes me away. Don't do that now. Mm-hmm. She was like, you you have to be able to go to Jesus for yourself. And I, I honestly believe that Jesus, God is a is a very loving, but he's also a, a jealous God because oh, yeah. God created us for him, and he doesn't want anybody above him. And, yeah. and, and it's right. So we shouldn't be putting anybody else. And if somebody ends up getting in the way, I mean, I believe that God will genuinely remove them. And it might be sad. It might hurt. And that's mm-hmm. probably not what we need. But even if it's just for a season, just so we can depend on him a little bit more, I believe that he will do it. Yeah, that's so good. And honestly, I feel like that's why some people have either left the faith or are having difficulties in their faith now because when you get older and you are put in situations where it's up to you and your relationship with God, if you've been living off of just grandma's prayers and mama's prayers and daddy's prayers and you've never learned how to pray yourself, whenever you're put in that situation and you can't, you either can't get to them or, you know, the Lord is just testing you in that area, you might be shaking in your face because you've never tried to pray by yourself. You've always went to pastor. You've always, you know, went to those family members. And I feel like that's the reason why why some people may be having a hard time in their in their faith right now because they've developed a relationship with God through mom through grandma. Well, I think that's, that's the problem with, I, I don't know whether to say our generation, but mm-hmm. it's, I think it's intimacy and relationships, period. Some people have problems with being able to build that rapport and that one-on-one and within their regular everyday relationships with people. So spending time one-on-one with God to get to know God for yourself can also be an issue for them because it with that it takes time just like being in a relationship if you care about a person you love a person or you want to get to that point you're going to want to call that person you want to spend time with them you're going to want to know about them Mm -hmm. but in this generation like everything is so quick and so fast paced well I'm not getting what I need right now or I don't know how I feel about that I'm on to the next I'm moving on and when it comes to spending time with God, if we're not taking the time to, to sit and hear what he's saying and, and wait, we're going to be ready to move on to next before we get what we need. And so I yeah. feel like that goes both, it goes across the board, I guess, with all of our relationships and being able to spend that time. Nobody wants to spend that time to get to the point to where they need to go. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's it's crazy because having that foundation and even, you know, as, I, as you know, grandparents and parents, being there for your children, your grandchildren, that's important, but then we have this dilemma. So it's, it's the struggle of trying to find 
the balance or even the transition from being that foundation to, okay, this is your relationship with God, you know? So I just, I think that's very interesting. Um, And I, I think a lot of people are struggling with that. And even when it comes to, for example, going to church every week, if you've been raising your mama, grandma, says you need to go to church every week, you're going to associate that with, okay, well, God said that I need to, <laughs> I need to be at church every week, mm-hmm. you know, so, and, and it becomes eye-opening, you know, like you said, when you got a chance to figure out on your own and determine whether or not you wanted to go to church, you know, when it's in, in your control, you start to question those things, you know, so. For some reason, this is, like, coming to my mind thinking between, like, the Old Testament and then Mm -hmm. the New Testament, how in the Old Testament there were so many rules and we would Mm -hmm. never be able to, it it would never, we would never be able to fulfill it on our own. And we constantly would need um, to have sacrifices for our sins and we couldn't go in to speak to God on our own. That's why we had to have a priest to Mm -hmm. go on for us. And then whenever... Christ came, he fulfilled it so that we don't have to necessarily go through the process of a priest or somebody else. We can go directly to him, but it's like a a breakdown now where people are still having that issue. Like That's so true. You're able to go freely for yourself now, and it doesn't have to be all these rules that you may not always be able to make the point of. You'll find, you'll tire yourself out constantly trying to live in the old law when the new law has already been fulfilled for us. Got you. So, I mean. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. I feel like, and I mean, in a sense, you know, staying in church that was, you know, beneficial as a child, but then it may not be as been as beneficial now, you know, so you have those that may just only read the Old Testament because that new, that new school thing is not <laughs> you know, there you can't put a handle on it. You know, and then you have those that just will read the New Testament because, yeah. you know, that's the law. We hate that. That's you know, it's too strict. Um, and you know, I think that was one of the things that Jesus really emphasized is I'm not coming to destroy yeah. the law or to destroy, you know, the not not trying to say that the Old Testament is bad for you or that it has expired. Um, right. But I'm coming to show you a new way. So all those things, um, which it boils down really to the principles behind the law. That right. was, I think, his emphasis, because it's not like you said, um, not stealing, not killing. That has really, it's it's the underlying motive. So like you said, loving your neighbor. Um, but it's is carried out through those specific laws, if that makes sense. So he's saying, I'm going to use these things, and now we're going to write it on the tables of your heart. So it's, it may not, I may not write, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not kill on your heart, but the principle of loving your neighbor still exists. Right. Yeah. So, I, and even with him giving the law, he knew that they weren't going to be able to keep it when he gave it. You're right. So it's it's not that he demands perfection from us or that he you know, because it said if you if you break one law, you've broken them all. Right. Which used to just scare everything in me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but yeah. it's 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 the principle behind it. Um and I think that's that's the most important thing. My my bishop had been preaching on that, saying that there's not enough rules or not enough fences that you can put around a darkened heart. And Mm -hmm. then the rules, when when those commandments were originally given, there were 10 of them. But eventually those 10 turned into so many because with darkened hearts, the people were looking for loopholes. They were looking for ways around it, so they had to keep coming up with more rules, more rules, more rules. And she used the example of us being being as little kids. She was like, when we were babies, our parents would put 
like um, baby gate stuff. And oh, yeah. Keep us inside the baby gate. And then when we got a little bit older, when we would go and play, our parents used to tell us what? Don't go outside that, mm-hmm. that yard. Don't go outside that fence. And then as we got older, I mean, it doesn't make sense for our parents to tell us don't go outside the fence because we have grown. We've gotten a little bit mm-hmm. wiser. We've gotten older. We've come to a certain understanding. So it wouldn't make sense to keep saying, oh, well, you got to stay inside the fence. But yeah. that's when we get to the point where we realize, okay, we need Jesus. We need the Holy Spirit to come inside and to be able to lead us and guide us because there's so much out there that we can get into. But until that happens, you still have that darkened heart where you're still looking for ways to get inside in trouble. You're and you're gonna be like, Oh well, you didn't say this and you didn't say don't do that. So and mm-hmm. it's just yeah. it's just the wrong perspective and that's where like the example came from where what do we value? Exactly. And that's where we have to realize, okay, we don't want to kill because we value life. Exactly. Exactly. And like you were saying, focusing not on what you can't do, but what you can. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, and the freedom that's in being able to go to church, every that, that opportunity, because there are those that may not be able to go that actually want to go. So when you're focusing on the privilege, I get to go to church rather than I have to. Right. Um, you know, I think that also changes perspective. But at the end of the day, it's about motive. It's about motive. Yeah. Yeah. And and you have some people that not only just check it off the list, you have some people that goes that go to church to pick up the latest gossip or oh, Lord, yeah. you to be able to see what they have on with their with their wearing exactly. and I mean Exactly. So you're meeting the religious quota, but you're not even going that doesn't please God. <laughs> yeah. And because you're not even going for him. And then that has so many people that use that as an excuse. Well, I don't want to go because I don't want to have to deal with so-and-so. And, and it goes back to why are you going? Are you going for man? Are you going mm-hmm. for God? And I feel like when people use that as an argument, as sad as it is, that they don't want to go because of church people, your motive and your, your reasonings for going regardless has to be for Christ has to yeah. be for your relationship because personally me, regardless of what's going on, if I need to go to church, I'm going to go because I would hate to get to heaven and have to stand and have to answer before God for him to say, well, why didn't you do this or why didn't you do that? And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. because so-and-so and because mm-hmm. that's not going to be the correct answer because I feel like he's going to ask me, but what did I tell you to do? Got you. And so we can't get so caught up on what everybody else is doing. Yeah, that's so true. And even rating services, like, oh, well, church was good today. Oh, church wasn't that good today. You know, when we really think about it, like, even down to rating services, um, yeah, the spirit moved today. Oh, he moved a little bit. (laughs) Right. But it's. It's like this. Was he able to move on you? Did you open up? Were you were you getting in so you could be able to let him move and and speak to your heart? Were you yeah. able to get what you need? I was like, my mom used to tell me, um, because I was like, mom, I don't really feel like that applied to me, or I don't. She would tell me all the time, eat the meat off the bone and throw the rest away. She was like, I know that's um, right. What what's for you? She was like, take it, use it, grow with it. But what's not for you, so be it. But so many times we we, we take one thing that offends us or we oh, don't yeah. like it goes, oh, 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 I don't know who he was talking about. Talking or you have others <laughs> where you get to church, you like, ooh, I wish so-and-so weird. She need to hear about this. She, exactly. She hear this, this is for her. And it's like, well, first of all, are you able to apply it to you? Exactly. So, exactly. And that just goes back to the relationship. Like, are, how are we using it to be able to better our walk? How are we able mm-hmm. to use it to go forward? And I mean, if anything, we can also help somebody else. But once we learn the principles, then we can go and teach somebody else. Exactly. But we're too busy trying to pass it off on to the next person. It just goes, it, it goes hand in hand with reading the Bible. We can read the word and we're like, oh, okay, 
well, I don't, I don't know about that. I'm not going to do that. We can't treat the word of God like trail mix. We can't pick oh. and choose what it is that we want to do yes. and then try to say we don't want to do this. And when it all goes together, it's all supposed to be used to be able to transform us. We say, Lord, we make us, fill us, make us better. We, we sing all those songs, but do mm-hmm. we really mean it? That's good. I That's mean, good. Yeah, and I had to realize, you know, even if, because, you know, the spirit didn't move if there was no praise break. So if if there, let's just say there was no praise break during the service, but someone got saved, the spirit did move. (laughs) You know, and I realized, you know, even if there was no dramatic or charismatic um, reaction to his presence, he was still there. And he still, quote, quote unquote, moved, um, even if there was no emotional reaction to it, if that makes sense. Right. I, you know, I, feel, like, I feel like that's, I'm sorry. You can go ahead. I, I feel like that's just like if our parents tell us something and we don't listen to what our parents tell us right then, we're kind of like, oh, yeah, whatever. And then mm-hmm. something comes across our way and we get that aha moment, like, oh, my gosh. Like, sometimes it's like sowing seeds. That you may exactly. not see, you may not see what happens later uh, until later on down the line, and so just if that's why we have to be careful too when we speak a word or the Lord tells us to say something or do something, we may not necessarily get a response. That's why we have to be careful too in the social media age where mm-hmm. you can be told to say or do something and I didn't get a response or I you can't be built up off of likes and comments because. So you true. just be meant to plant a seed, and later on down the line, that may help somebody else down the line. So we can't go off of based off of just what we see and how much response we get, because that's yeah. not what, what what he asks us to do. Yeah, yeah, that's so true, so true. And even you know, knowing that even if people don't respond the way that you would like them to or that you expected them to if god is pleased that's all that matters right right that's all that matters um go ahead i was gonna say i've been into some churches where i mean the church will throw all the pieces and then you kind of wonder like okay well we just spent the whole church service jumping around (laughs) now what you know and then there's been services where none of that took place, but exactly. a word was given, and you just felt like, whoa, I just, I feel like I've just shifted. But you needed that word. And certain services can be used for different things. Some services you just may need to worship. You just need to okay. lay your heart out to God. But I think that goes back to um, religion, where people get so caught up in this is the structure of how the service has to go. And if oh, something yeah. does not happen the way it's supposed to happen and it's not the right service and or, 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 or the service something went wrong something does not right or you can have those services where they're like oh well we can't do shouting in here we can't exactly. do anybody yelling or speaking in tongues or falling oh we oh no we can't do that <laughs> <laughs> people get so caught up on what they feel should should be like how how they feel the the move of the spirit should be when they're not so yielded to, to to what the spirit and what God wants. So true. And then you end up church hopping because right. <laughs> you like this from this church, but then they did something, so you're on to the next one. And, you know, there's never going to be a perfect local assembly. Right. You know, but if we are deciding what what determines if the spirit moved or not or what determines if it was a good service or not, then we're we're never going to be content. We're never going to be content. You're right. You're you're very right. And I think it also comes down back to that one-on-one relationship. If you spend time with God on your own, you'll be able to get into your own group of being able to worship and praise where it won't be so much of you're looking around and like, okay, well, what's everybody else doing in here? What, mm-hmm. You're coming together collectively to worship and praise God together. Like you do in private. Exactly. So oh, it, it changes from people trying to like come for a show. Yes, to, or, to or I need to come here. 
Right, because like you said, you have people to say, oh, I don't know how church, if church was good this Sunday, it goes back to when they say, well, who's, who's preaching? Oh, well, I can't bring I can't bring no friends to church this Sunday. I'm going to wait till next Sunday when the, when the good preacher that jump around will preach. Like, <laughs> it's going to be like that. Is the Lord not still speaking to that other preacher, even though he or she does not jump around? Like, the preacher that you like, because you know what? The person that you might bring to church might need that still, quiet, small voice. They may need to sit there in the quietness. They may need to sit there in the peace. You don't know what they need, but what works for you may not work for somebody else. So that's why I honestly believe whatever Sunday I go, whatever Sunday somebody else goes, whatever they've come to, that's what was in the house that was specifically for them. Because the Lord knows our story. He knows exactly what we need when we need it, and they were there for a certain reason. So we have to stop trying to manipulate and dictate and try to control things so much Mm -hmm. and just let God have his way. uh, Something that the Lord had spoke to me just in my walk and growing up that I just, it it kind of blew me around. I was like, oh, Lord, really? Manipulation in whatever degree, when you're trying to uh, change things to work out in your favor or change the outcome to make it the way that you want it, the Holy Spirit revealed to me that that's a form of witchcraft. Oh. That's not right. Oh. And a lot of times we do that. We just, I'm just, I'm just, I just would rather this to happen. Or I just, you're not oh. operating in the spirit that you're supposed to be operating in when you're doing things like that. Mm. But we That's have to heavy. be very careful. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That is so true, though. So true. And it's it's seen a lot. You know, I'm even, you know, like you were saying, inviting people to church. You pick which service. So you're trying to dictate what they need to hear from God. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's so dangerous. But I mean, even now, like it, it, I never really thought of it that way. So it's it's a lot more dangerous than we realize. Trying to control, you know, or think that we even know what people need from yeah. God. Wow. Wow, that's powerful. That's very powerful. Wow. Ah, uh, you just left me. <laughs> wow. Because it's so true, and we don't even think about it. We don't yeah, even think about it. I think that's what it kind of shook me, because I'm like, oh, well, what else am I trying to, like, work out the way I want to work out? Thank like, you. I mean, it's, it's just little things in life when we, t- instead of letting God, like, and God, like, like, okay, well, who's in control? Are you in control? Or Thank am you. I control? Yeah. And then something you just say, like, okay, Lord, forgive me. Like, I just thought, like, sometimes we just get ahead of ourselves. Yeah. When you, like, reveal, like, okay, you're, you're doing a little bit more than you realize when you try mm-hmm. to get things. And it's not it's not even necessarily taking somebody to church. It could just be in the everyday example trying to get something to work out the way you want it to work out if your motives is not necessarily right. If it's just like, okay, for just for my personal gain, I don't exactly. know if this is what God has planned, but you know what? I'm gonna just try to keep shifting stuff around to make it work for me. That's wow. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and typically things fall to the ground when you do that. Yep. And yeah. then you get upset, and then that's the point. We're like, oh, okay, girl, yeah. Lord, Lord, help me now. Exactly. Oh, now. <laughs> Are you exactly. done? Exactly. Exactly. That is so true. That's so I think, true. I think it's just growth. We have to just, that's a major part of growth is when we yield, when we're able to say, you know what, let me get out the way. I may feel like this, or this is maybe what I have going on, but you know what, what does God say? And we could pray, but if we don't yield and wait long enough for that answer, we'll be moving out of place and out of time, and we'll be doing things that we shouldn't be doing. So Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's so true. So true. Yeah, so I just, wow, this was a really, really good discussion. Yes. So, uh, did you did you have anything else on this topic, you know, that you wanted to share before I wrap it up? Um, no, at this point, I don't think I do. 
Okay. Yeah, I mean, we talked about so much. Um, yeah. It was so good, though. So I'm going to share um, just this quote, uh, and then I'm going to wrap it up. Okay. Um, so one of the articles that I was reading said, think of church attendance like doing good work. If our motivation for doing the good works is to try and earn our salvation or prove ourselves worthy of God, then those works are self-righteous and worthless. If our motivation for those good works is to demonstrate our love for God in response to his grace and mercy, then they are fruits of our faith. The motivation changes everything. When we make it about what we are supposed to do, then it becomes an empty religious practice. When we invest ourselves in the church because we recognize it's an opportunity to grow closer to God through relationships with his people, and our motivation is to have more of God in our lives, then that same action shifts from being a chore to a joy. So I just wanted to thank you, Lola, for joining the discussion today and being my guest. Um, I really enjoyed this, and I hope you um, you did as well. And I look forward to having you for future episodes. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. It was an honor and a pleasure. Yeah, so thank you, everyone, for tuning in, and stay tuned for future episodes, and make sure to connect um, with Lola on social media as she continues to be a light to our generation. All right. Did you enjoy this episode? I'd love for you to continue the conversation with those around you. One way you can do that is by purchasing the MSE Podcast Conversation Starter Stick, available at bygracenp.com. Be sure to leave a review on one of MSE's listening platforms, share with a friend, and join the My Sentiments Exactly podcast community on social media at MSE Podcast. The podcast is available for listening on all major streaming platforms, bygracenp.com, and on my mobile app. Hope to hear from you soon.